episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater of the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Things got ooky spooky in Canada as the Queen starred in a brand new movie called Screech. But who was crowned the ultimate screen queen? Listen and find out as we talk all things Canada's Drag Race 2. Joining me to beat the slasher is the final girl herself, Xenon TV. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Oh, I'm absolutely fabulous. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been some time, but thanks to COVID, it's made everyone not see each other for years months i don't even know anymore <laughs> that's very true years and months i would say is the proper it, yeah for that well this is the first we're, we're, you're recording at a coffee shop and so listeners if you hear some fun people back there maybe they'll get jump into the conversation we'll find out but yeah who knows um, there could be some very opinionated people on all these looks this episode listen there are a lot of opinionated people on drag race period so there are absolutely 100 myself included Yep. But we're here to talk about Drag Race Canada 2. How have you been enjoying the season so far? Honestly, I'm really liking it. I think that what I love about Canada's Drag Race is that it really kind of pulls everybody together to be a little bit more like even keel. And they all seem like a bunch of local girls. They're not people yeah. that have like takes themselves too seriously quite yet and so um it's got a lot of charm to it and i think that yeah. everybody being in it is so far really fun yeah it's interesting you say that because yeah they there are they are authentic people um for me they all, there's no one that has like a, like a lot of star power quite yet which is kind of refreshing that you get to see the growth into becoming a star and i think that this week's I think this week specifically kind of like took a lot of the girls who felt like they had that star power going in and they kind of just like knocked them down a couple notches. Yeah. Uh, like, well, because the girls, the girls from Vancouver, right. They came in thinking that they, they didn't smell. And nope. Yep. That's the team. Well, let's dive into it. Oceana sent home and it hits Cynthia that Oceana's not there. She's gutted. Suki notes that OCN left a novel on the mirror, a whole book. Um, why? She was, she was a weird one anyway. Isis is sad as she was one. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. It was so crazy. Did we ever really find out what all of OCN said? Like no. when no. she wiped it away, she just like, she read the first sentences is like it. Like we have no idea what it was said. Yeah, I'm sure some uh, viewer like wrote it down and put it on the Drag Race wiki, but yeah, no one, we we, we did not see it. But Isis, Isis is sad as she was one of her only friends outside of the competition, but she had to go, so the show must go on. And she's happy she gets a second chance and she's not going to fuck, fuck it up again. Kendall notes that Isis went from the top to the bottom in one week and she's versatile, apparently. No one is safe. The girls congratulate Pythia on her win. She feels amazing, and she was a little bitter not winning the design challenge. She works in circus and theater, so she had to excel at what she's good at. The girls tell her that she had one of the most iconic looks, and they're not wrong. That was that was a pretty amazing look. It absolutely was. This is Eve's second time in the bottom. Eve starts the theatrics once again and says that she doesn't think she deserves to be there with Ocean gone. The waterworks are coming out as she's trying to stay positive. She says she's closed off with her emotions and doesn't let anyone see. And she'll now apologize to Kendall. And Kendall knows that she was in her feelings. Just let's move on. And she ain't mad. The only person out to get Eve is her inner saboteur, which garnered the biggest eye roll for me because I'm done with the inner saboteur bullshit. Um, we've had many, many, many seasons to be able to talk about this in a tour. You should be ready to get on the show when it happens. Honestly, it's like 
it's the plot line that never ends. It, it's it's a buzzword for Rue at this point. Yep, it's one hundred percent correct. If you put Inner and... Saboteur in your audition tape, you might get cast. <laughs> you are one hundred percent correct. I duly noted. Well, Gia went from bottom to top. Isis went from top to bottom. Who knows what's going to happen next? The next day, the girls skip in, and Eve is feeling optimistic. She wants a new challenge. They see Pythia's head just sitting on the mannequin, and it's a bit terrifying, but fitting for this week's theme. I have to ask a question. How many days are in between the previous day's episode filming and this one? Because... There were some girls that grew like full fucking beards. Did you see Gia? I was like, I didn't think that Twink had that ability. Yeah, there was Gia. And then on top of that, uh, Pythia's beard grows it so fast. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely wild. They must have had a day in between filming because that was that was a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, Amanda Bruegel arrives looking pretty damn fine. And she asks them if they're ready to get spooky ooky ooky. She says that for this week's Maxi Challenge, they will unleash their inner Scream Queen as they overact in a slasher film called Screech. It tells the story of a gaggle of drag sisters competing for the title of Drag Superstar, but the competition takes a killer turn when the queens start death-dropping, rather dropping dead. As Kamora says, not the black one first. Um, are you a Scream Queen? Do you, do you love horror movies? I do like horror movies. I've actually been watching a lot of like classic horror movies this year. Uh, for the mm -hmm. first time on Halloween, I watched Scream. Uh, and then oh. I watched uh, I Know You Was Less Ever this year, too. So okay. I've been really digging all of the campy horror vibes lately. Yeah. Well, Pythia, as the winner last week's mini challenge, she will assign the roles. She gets the power. Amanda will be directing them, and joining them is triple threat Fifi Dobson. Um, are you a fan of Fifi Dobson? I honestly didn't really know anything about Fifi Dobson before she was on the show. Yeah, I remember her from my, I guess, teenage years. She was around like 2002, 2003 with a couple songs. So I was like, okay, throwback. But I guess she's more famous in Canada um, since then. But it is time to select the roles. And Pythia reads out the character descriptions. We have Hook and Heights, a cold-hearted and bitchy version of Brooklyn Heights. Blood and Goreski, a creepy and devilish version of Brad Goreski who speaks very ominously. A Martha, a stern Martha who's determined to use her position as a judge to guide the queens to safety. And Eve has already decided that she wants to play narrator because she gets to turn to the camera. She gets to be a scene stealer and forces everyone to freeze and tell everyone what's happening. But Stephanie would also like to play narrator. She's already highlighted the part, but Eve says she understands the humor and she's the body adi adi. Are we surprised that Eve um, already pre-selected her part too? No, not at all. Not in the absolute <laughs> She's an interesting character, isn't she? She is. I've been friends. I've been friends with her on Facebook for a long time, and so like, I definitely have known that she's been a little bit interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, She's good TV. I enjoy watching her, honestly. Absolutely. Isis wants to play Jocelyn Straps. She's the dumb hetero jock. Cynthia wants to take on the role as well. It would be a contrast to her character to butch it up. And it would be hilarious. So how do we settle it? We've seen it on Drag Race before. Rocks, paper, scissor. She gets to be the jock. But Adriana has a question. What does C-O-N-T-D mean? Baby girl. Unintentionally funny. Funny. <laughs> very funny, honestly. Honestly. For those who've never read a script before, it means continued. But mm -hmm. English is what her third language. It's it's okay. It's fine. Yep. As Stephanie reads the script, she realizes that maybe narrator is not the best part because she's got a lot of lines. So she will take a step back and play the role of Clitney. Pythia wants everyone to shine, and so she's casting it just right. So Suki will play Emmy Dumpa, who is a sex-obsessed horn dog drag queen. Kendall will be playing Hook and Heights. Adriana was Blood and Gresky, and Cynthia is a Martha. Pythia will take on the role of Peruza Cock, a drag queen who is spooky kooky witch, with Gia playing Blue Scary Morris, a typical uh, Valley Girl drag queen. 
And then Stephanie is Clitney Lescott, a drag queen who is anxious and suspicious of everything. Do those puns sound familiar as you just watched Scream? Uh, yes, they do, 100%. Yeah, th- those are good. Those are smart character roles. So Stephanie shares that the role is very similar to her because there are ghosts all around her. She gets sleep paralysis and sees them. Why was this not a bigger storyline? That is incredible. We have never heard about that on Drag Race before. No, not at all. I love when people see ghosts and no ghosts. I need to see this more often. Yes. Stephanie has taught her that you don't have to be a professional actor to win a challenge. So go hit big, go home, big, but give levels. Just don't forget the part. Kendall notes that they are doing impersonations to an extent of their beloved judges. And she will be doing just tiny nuances of Brooklyn's face. And when she shows us that, I think they were pretty spot on because Brooklyn's very emotive in the face. She is, 100%. Cynthia is one of those people who turns everything into a positive. Um, She is blessed with the role of a Martha. But the part did not resonate with her. This is a red flag because if it doesn't resonate with her, the lines don't come naturally. So she is stressed like a Simpson. Are you the same way when you take on a part? Do you need to have it resonate with you or can you just take on a character? I think that is, I think part of acting and part of doing drag is being able to take on a character, right? Like, I think that you should just be able to do it and just fully commit to it. I think that she's thinking too much about it. Um, and honestly, if you wanted to be a part of a character that would be good, I think that, um, you know, it was it was a tough for everybody for her to decide what to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Adriana is stuck in the word ominous as she doesn't know what it means. She is playing creepy and devilish and will do some campy voices, but she did theater, but she still doesn't know what ominous means. Nope. She's fun. I enjoy her. I think she's good TV too. I think so, yeah. Kamora will tone down her sass that she usually has. So she is playing Frontel Loeb, the nerd. Interesting casting. um, But as she says, if there's one thing she can do, it's a moat. I'm not feeling Kimura. I don't know. There's something about her that I'm just not loving. She's she's very sassy and she's very confident in herself, 100. Yeah. And um, we there are drag queens on this show that have done really good with having this much confidence, but then also have done not very well having this much confidence. Absolutely. Well, suddenly we hear Kimura and Isis do their scared scream parts, and well. It sounded like an orgy you don't want to attend. Those sounds were not pleasant, but they were certainly campy. They were, 100%. The girls discuss what they dressed up for as ho- for, for Halloween as children, and Kendall shares that she was too nervous, so she would dress up as a sailor at a school to go trick-or-treating. Um, and she had a black trench coat, a black bob, and she was Victoria Beckham. Pythia shares that there isn't Halloween in Greece, so she never got to dress up as a child. So now she's doing it full-time. Kendall now shares that October 31st is her sobriety day and they are coming up on six years. She browsed out of Halloween because she wants to avoid the clubs if she can. So why did she go sober? She was forced into the situation as her life was falling apart. She was a drug addict. Drag allowed her to wear a mask for her bad behavior. Kendall was doing her crazy shit. Ken was chill. It took her entire life falling apart to get out of it. Who you see here is not who she was. Drag saved her. She gets to live out her dream. And I think this is an important story because this proves my Kendall winner edit theory. How did you feel about hearing this from Kendall? Um, I thought it was really... It it made her a little bit more likable. And I think that you're right. I think it's one of the things that the girls that are for sure going to be in the win. Um, So... uh, I don't know. Like everyone has a story. I, I wasn't expecting to be able to see that from her. Yeah. Um, but I think that is, that's why it kind of fits into the winter theory edit, truthfully. Yeah. Um, I think it's also really incredible. Like, because let's be honest, Halloween is gay pride for a lot of drag queens. And that is yeah, a money time. Out. And like mm-hmm. for her to be like, I would rather sacrifice a weekend's worth of money for my own mental health that's important because there are a lot of people who can't understand how important that is 100 percent correct and i think it's important that she's able to express this on the show so good for you kendall and i know she just posted about it yesterday so mm-hmm. i love her i'm enjoying it 
one of the interesting parts about Kendall, I think, is that um, how did you feel about her in this role? Uh, I thought she was okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the I I honestly think that Kendall and Isis should have switched roles. I think that I they would have both very been like filling into their. I think Isis would have done a much better job at job at Brooke, uh, and yeah. I think that Kendall would have been a perfect job. Like they I would think have both Isis was. That. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Isis was just really scared from last week, so she didn't want a big part. But I understand. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know your strengths. And if memorizing lines is not one of those strengths, don't do it on drag race because you'll get fucked. But we're you going to arrive on set. Um, we are actually in the workroom. There is no green screen from this um, video. I was. We're gonna shook. start up. I was. I know, right? I was I loved like, it. what? Yeah, it's like a real movie. Same. It was. It like I think that it was so clever, and I have never seen anything that clever that like thus far. Like the biggest right. thing that I've seen <laughs> and remember from the consistent or like from all these past was related to Hamburger Mary's episode, and they right. turned the inside of the workspace into that giant like um, that like cool weird resort thing. But yeah. like I was, I, mean, I we- loved it. Yeah, we had a little bit of workroom filming when we did um, season 13 with um, the final six, five, with Candy and everyone in the uh, workroom. And, but they did a lot of green screen with, like, you know, the climbing up the uh, cord and everything. But, no, this was pure all here. Um, so we're going to watch this first scene. And Suki kicks us off, and she is playing a very, very horny girl. But I'm also just not turned on by this performance. But that's okay. And next we have Pythia, who is essentially Nancy from The Craft. Um, And I'm sure Nancy No Good was freaking out a little bit. Amanda asks Pythia to enunciate because she's a little breathy. Stephanie does her line. And if she started at 10, well, that's about where she's going to stay. Um, You know how they tell you to grow as an actor? She's clearly a shower. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) So Amanda's going to ask her to dial it back a little, and she seems a a bit surprised by her note. Um, So she tries again, and no bueno, not good. Eve does her fourth wall breaking, and she is dramatic. This is Eve's role. She was born to play. She loves the attention. And the girls clap when Amanda says she's never seen her have fun. Poor Eve. Even the girls think she's crazy. Yeah, they do. Yes, yes, they do. Gia has added quite the lisp to her blue scary more. Fifi tells her about foreshadowing and how it would be a cool moment to be over the top. So Gia goes into the actor in the rehearsal room that you absolutely hate. She is acting directorial questions and you could tell the others are like, shut up, Gia. Just Just the tone was like, you are a suck up. Do we hate those actors? Yes, 100%. When she started, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm really not liking you, Gia. Amanda will read the line. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, and then there's foreshadowing into the, what she does on the stage after the <laughs> I know, right? Crazy. Well, Amanda will read the line of the person on the other side of the phone. And well, we will learn later who it is. But yeah, her impression of the revealed killer was actually kind of spot on. I cackled when I did my rewatch. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that is spot on. 100%. Isis, bro, reminds Amanda of everyone she's ever dated, but also that black synthetic wig was just came out of a bag. That was gross and ugly. Put a comb through it. Now we're going to get our judge's entrance. Kendall looks like Christina Aguilera in the Lady Marmalade video, and that hair is just not Brooklyn Heights whatsoever. Adriana has painted her brad to look like a ventriloquist dummy, deeply disturbing and totally terrifying. I couldn't even tell you what Cynthia is wearing because what she is wearing has nothing to do with the Handmaid's Tale, but go off, sis. Maybe that's what they provided for you. Yeah, see, that's what I was wondering because like this episode specifically, I think it was this moment that I was like, were they provided these looks or were they told to bring something like this? Uh, Yeah, it was not cute. It was not cute at all. Honestly, 
Amanda's going to cut the scene and ask Cynthia if she knows what she is saying about sending out a knowing glance. And Cynthia knows the source material, but she clearly has never watched an episode of the show in her entire life. Now, the queens playing the judges have their characters, but what they don't have is their lines. As a writer myself, there is nothing I hate more than when actors paraphrase my words. Hell no. I was freaking out for him. But Cynthia's a mess. Kendall is off. Cynthia thinks it's too many lines. Kendall is an improv person, likes to fill the gaps as her brain thinks it's good. It's no bueno. But the body yada yada count has just begun. We'll see the final product. Oh, Jesus. Wow. It's elimination. <laughs> Eve thinks some of the girls are excited, but they shouldn't be because she's going to win the challenge. She says, staring right into the barrel of the camera. At least she is self-aware. She's starting to become self-aware as the episodes go on. Around the table, Isis asks if anyone is worried about their performance, and all eyes turn to Stephanie. And she's like, why are you looking at me? Because, girl, you're in danger. Cynthia mocks herself, and she says she feels great. Why are they intimidated? And Stephanie actually doesn't know that she was being sarcastic. Oh, Cynthia. What? At least she's also self-aware, because we've definitely seen those queens be like, I know, I did a great job, Stephanie. Um... Poor girl. Poor girl indeed. Kendall, Kendall is panicking. The judges are not a unit like they were in the filming. Suki is freaking out that her mother is going to see her in underwear on TV. She's going to say, whose child is this? But you knew you signed up for Drag Race. You knew crazy things were going to happen. 100%. So the conversation turns to relationships with parents. Eve asked their dad if they had heard of Drag Race, and he was like, no. He doesn't know Eve does drag, but the relationship is evolving. When they were 16, he couldn't understand the openly gay lifestyle, so they didn't talk about it for five years. Does it stop her from going out full in drag? Not at all. Their dad has been trying to connect more, and they told him that they were going to do something, going away to do something. It wouldn't be their cup of tea, but he said they were an adult and you have to do your own thing. And they hope it's an opportunity to learn about them and their art form. And this is really the first time we're hearing a genuine insight on Eve's story, and why she is maybe a little bit why she is. I, that would make sense. Gia shares that she was scared of her dad seeing her in drag, but all she remembers is being in the back of the club screaming, go buddy, that's my kid. And it was a special moment. That, that would have been cute. That, that, that's a cute moment. It, yeah, I would agree. I'd also be incredibly embarrassed and get on the mic and say, shut up, dad. But um, I've, I've that's had those me. moments. I've had my moments. <laughs> like, it's always interesting to see your parents at a drag show, especially at like smaller venues when you're just like, oh, mm -hmm. hi. <laughs> it's good to see yeah. you. How's it going? You're right here. <laughs> and now we're going to get a little bit of insight with Adriana, who reveals that she stopped the relationship with her father's side of the family as they treated her as the son of the devil for being gay and would burn in hell. Her father spied on her and used different names on the internet to talk to her boyfriend at the time and it destroyed her first relationship. Her mom's side of the family was there for her and Adriana is her mom's name and that is why she names herself after her. What a terrible story to hear. Right? It's, it was depressing as fuck to be able to see that and hear that. And she said it with a brave face so clearly she's been able to heal a little bit but yeah, hearing these stories and knowing you're just exposing it all on national television, international television, it must mm -hmm. be hard. But this is what you signed up for, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's head over to the runway where we've got Brooklyn looking super fine in red and wearing that cunt-ass wig. She's looking incredible this season. She really is. Um, I, like... I am shook. I'm so glad that she's gotten this platform to be able to just grow this much and just show like the overall show showman show show yeah. that she is because like she's a pageant winner. She won like one of the biggest pageants like mm -hmm. out there for drag queens, and now she's finally getting to show like what she's worth. And I think that we're seeing that a lot of drag queens specifically, you know, like there's a lot of like triple threat girls, but a lot of them it's not just you know, like acting, dancing, singing, like there's hosting, there's producing, there's mm -hmm. everything that really does. And she kind of like just keeps adding everything on top of the pot. Absolutely. Um, Amanda looks like a big pink loofah and Brad is gay. And then we have special guest Fifi Dobson being a pop rock star. 
So we're going to do things a little backwards. We're going to talk about Screech and then go through the runway. That way we can talk about the critiques all at once. So Screech, we start with the scene from earlier. And so far it's got that B-movie filter on it. And I think that was a very smart move on the producer's part to make it feel super campy. Eve's first turn into the black and white was hilarious and perfect. And you know what? I'm not sure I'm a super fan of her yet, but this was a perfect and strong moment from her. I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Amora, I'm sorry, was completely unbelievable as a nerd. It just didn't work. I feel like it was it was all in the look that was the nerd, but like there were some parts of it to where I do think that her like attitude did work, and I'm glad that she mm-hmm. didn't like ease into that token black girl kind of like idea she was like this is me this is what i want to do and it's going to be a choice it was a choice and i think that there was one scene that it worked but the other one was just yeah i agree i think when she did the flip that that added to the comedy but she wasn't she was no velma she she couldn't do the scooby-doo velma correct I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that stephanie has never seen scream before because she was not serving you nev campbell uh, she heard overreact and just did that. Yes, that's she heard, exactly what happened. She heard the word overreact and said, I know how to deliver camp. So oh the phone rings and Gigi Good, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean Geometric uh, as Blue Scary More answers the phone and does good passive acting with the phone because there's nothing more than watching a drag queen react to nothing. Um, you queens know who you are who do those vocal lip syncs and have nothing to do on stage when you're reacting to something. Um, Eve's lip quiver when she said it wasn't RuPaul, it was someone much younger, was hilarious. I also think she was just a little terrified that Ru will now hate her for calling her old. Probably. You did that, girl. You can't take it back. This is now really our first glimpse of Adriana in the movie. And well, she's not Brad, but she is a typical homosexual who just learned catchphrases. It just spewed out of her mouth. Very funny. And yes. yeah, Cynthia had no idea what she was doing. She needed to ask for help because the role made zero sense. Do you think it, you would have been able to make sense out of it? Uh, the For Cynthia being, I mean... <laughs> Yes and no. Was she in Handmaid's Tale? That actress is that why? Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. She she was the Martha. She was okay. So I I mean just like I she knew who it was, but I really don't think that I would have like just I think I would have better done it. I think I would have been able to do it. However, it was it was just rough on all accounts. Like, yeah. and also I think the hardest parts is that. They like for every all the other girls, they were able to just like focus on parts that were completely made up and got to be in the trope. And then right. for the girls who played the judges, like they're being judged because they're right, right next to them and they see them on an everyday basis. And I think that that's right. why, like, it was extra hard for Cynthia to be able to fully be viewed in that perspective because mm-hmm. the judge is right there and exactly. Like, and I and that's ultimately why what ended up happening at the end happened because they're like, oh my god, that was like spot on, but like so much more. Time. Like, yes, you yeah. should win. I agree. So we see Pythia scream, and it was so theatrical, very right on. This is she. This is her wheelhouse. Blue's mur- murder scene was so over the top. Um, who doesn't love being killed on stage? Isn't that fun? Yes, it's so fun. I Gigi just did a wonderful appearance. <laughs> um, Isis really was there for comic relief and had no range, but she delivered it with such conviction. So good for you, girl. Um, but yeah, Tamora, not doing it for me. Next, we see them sewing and applying makeup, mocking the typical plot lines we have seen on Drag Race before. Suki easily had the best line of the show. When I was little, my mother left me at a ferry terminal. I started screwing a bunch of semen, and that's how I ended up with a teenage drag mother. Funny! That was good! Good writing! It is hilarious. No, I thought that, like, I thought there was actually really good writing. I had a a lot of genuine, hearty laughs when I was watching this episode. Me too. The reveal that Pythia's character is Suki's drag daughter 
is shocking that this has actually never been an actual plot line on Drag Race before. But also, if it had been, I would believe it. <laughs> yep, that's it. You're correct. Um, so then we're going to see the rhinestone hand that poisons them. I thought it was a cool little rhinestone fan, but like we love to see a killer lurking. And I was like going through my head. It's like, who is this? I don't know. It's probably got to be one of them. Now we're at the sewing machines and one breaks and it must have been the inner saboteur. Funny, funny. But we got to end that phrase. As I said earlier, no more inner saboteur. <laughs> the hand putting her weave into a sewing machine was, again, very funny. And I wish that would happen on the show for comedy purposes because those, let's be real, those those showing machines are actually like fake because they don't work. Well, so, I don't know. Honey, Some of them do somewhere. They have them hidden back. They have like actual. Honey, honey Davenport's confirmed that they are shit um, sewing machines, and they want them to break on them for plotline purposes. Uh, that's so awful. I can't even believe right? that. So. Kamora taking fabric from the dead girl is what any drag queen would do in real life. Take it if you're going to make it. 100%. Eve and Stephanie have a scene together where their wigs, uh, where they're doing their wigs, and Eve is so good at making Stephanie look bad. The only redeeming moment was when Eve was going to do her narration and breaks the fourth wall, and she just delivered it with such conviction in camp and when she stepped over the dead body as she narrates her own death that was funny mm -hmm. that was good writing it was it was really good writing but let's be real the first real gag of this film was that they let the queens actually sit at the judges table rue would never allow that no one could sit in her seat I know. I was shocked when that happened. I was like, oh, they're actually there. Like, that. yeah, so good. So good. Another great line that I enjoyed was, the only thing you killed tonight is the art form of drag. Will I be using that the first critique I get to be a judge um, at a competition again? Yes. Yes, I will. I apologize to that queen now. It is a literal lip sync for your life. And of course we have a RuPaul song. Have you ever slipped on a titty before on stage? I have not. Honestly. That's good. That's a good thing. So the gag then becomes, we have the killer come on stage. Who was it? So last week I was like, how do you have an entire clown rusical without Jimbo? Well, this is why, because we saved Jimbo to be a brilliant cameo here. If you told me Jimbo was a killer in real life, I fully would have believed you. Fully. It, it, Jimbo was so good, honestly. I loved it. Was it was so stupid. I loved it. Um, and Jimbo did the face that she did when she got eliminated. It was so good. It's like she's never left the uh, workroom. It's the ghost of Jimbo Pass. Yep, absolutely. The ghost so I think you Jimbo kind of alluded Pass. to it, but how did you feel about this? It wasn't that half bad. It was a good, good movie. It was a good movie. I was really impressed with how everything ended up happening. Um, and I definitely want to be able to keep seeing more um, stuff like this. Whoever the, whoever the writer was should keep doing it 100%. I agree. All right, let's talk about the runway. Category is Good Girl Gone Bad. And in honor of the runway, we are going to play Fresh or Spoiled. Ah, I love it. Love okay. It. Starting off with Suki Doll. No designers listed. Um, so we have a religious garb that reveals to a bad girl with tattoos. The re religious reveal will be a trend this runway. Um, this was all about the tattoo bodysuit, and sadly, it was not very impactful. I think the black sheer dress that was barely attached to her body just did nothing for the look. The hair was certainly an edgy choice. She served us such incredible looks that unfortunately for Suki, this was an absolute letdown because we have seen her really take the stage and give us over the top. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that, you know, we've come to expect so many different things from Suki that when you do this, it was a big letdown. I think that the yeah, original, I, yeah, go like, ahead. The, I think that the first look that she did with the, like, first of all, I, she should have walked down the runway in her main look. She didn't even yeah. rock down the runway. She walked out and then stepped out of it. Like, I agree. I think it would have had a better impact had she walked down the runway and stepped out. 
I agree. Um, I know it had cultural significance to her, and I I fully see it. But as a look, it just didn't work. So for me, unfortunately, I'm going to go spoiled. Agreed. The audience, 38% fresh, 62% spoiled. Next, we have Eve 6000, look by Lee Londo, hair by Ian Russell. Well, we start with a red Maryland-inspired dress that reveals into a red body harness. Good concept. My problem is she's trying to do the grayscale idea, but there's nothing intricate and detailed about it. She's just virtually wearing a gray cat suit she rhinestoned. It was not a detox moment for me. I needed no, her it to wasn't. do a little better. It yeah. was more like zombie couture. Like, so if yeah. she would have like went into the zombie, it would have been made more sense. But like the gray sale didn't work, especially because red and gray do not match nope. at all. So Especially that I, gray. It was very deathly. She, it was like, is this a zombie? Like if, if she would have waited the zombie, it would have made sense, right? Because like- Absolutely. spoiled human, but she didn't. So- and also, girl, if you're going to have a reveal, fucking practice your reveal. Ah, you're absolutely right. Do you think it would have been a little better if everything was black or white? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. Uh, because it would have been into the whole concept of, like, that grayscale, that black or white. I agree. But, um, uh, yeah, because, yeah, it should have been black or white. Yeah. Well, Brad says she made her he made her laugh and she hit all the jokes and thought it was spot on. Amanda says she was fantastic and she rose to the occasion. Brooklyn says she is finally turning a corner. She says she looks beautiful and loves the color combination. You're wrong, Brooklyn. Uh, she just wants to see her passion with awareness and spark. Fifi says her booty looks amazing. I didn't like it. So sadly, I will give it a spoiled. I think that I will give it like a 51 percent fresh. That's fair. The audience basically was with you. 55% fresh, 45% spoiled. Next up is Stephanie Prince. Look by Vishu Lo. Hair by Abia Mirage. Nails by Indigo. Dorothy is no stranger to drag, and I think doing a latex version is unique. I love the flirtiness of the ginger pigtails. The problem with the look, it wasn't original. It was There was nothing special or game-changing I think it's simple to say the least, and it kind of did feel a bit Halloween costume, but maybe that's just because of the season. It really did feel Halloween costume, and like, I feel like if you're gonna make her a slut, you can do more. Like, there's, there's too, there's not enough showing for it to be yeah. there. Absolutely. Brad got the anxious, but didn't get a lot of suspicious. It was one level, which was a good level, but wanted more variety. He says the look is very playful, fun, and definitely a good girl gone bad. Amanda says she appreciated that she leaned into the character, but she asked her to tone it down to have more of a nuance. Fifi says she looks adorable and super sexy. This, for me, is probably my 51% fresh, just because it is a good put-together look. It's just not original. So I will go exactly. fresh with this, but very, very soft. I'll go fresh too, but she needed to have an actual, like she really could have had sexy Dorothy braids, like brunette, yeah. sexy Dorothy braids. Like she could have got, taken it so much further. I think I that agree. it got there. And like, if I saw a queen in New York City wear this, I'd be like, work, good. But like, if you're on the drag race stage, you need to make it a little bit more, but 51% Absolutely. again. The audience, 63% fresh, 37% spoiled. Next, we have Cynthia Kiss, look by Cynthia, hair by Sean Malmus. This is not a memorable look for Cynthia, but it is her going bad. I think the green gothic moment was smart for her, and the dark hair is kind of sexy. Obviously, fishnets, fishnets knee-high boots continue the narrative. The choker is goth. If you told me this was a costume from a production of Sweeney Todd, I probably would have believed you. But for me, this is very safe, and it's just about as nice as I can get on it. It's not great. I mean, ugh, I, I like I for a look. Like I said, like if I were seeing this queen in New York City, like uh, like Cynthia, I, I don't know. It's a boot. It's a. <laughs> it's it's a it's a spoiled for me. Spoiled. Yeah. Um, Brad didn't get the essence of a Martha. Amanda says just because you haven't seen the show doesn't mean that you don't know that what Stern is or Sirius is. She saw her unravel when she slipped on her lines. The performance was okay, but she didn't handle the pressure. Brooklyn said it wasn't funny and she just needed to make them laugh. Fifi says she rocks the look and ro rocks rock and roll as fuck. 
Cynthia will then say that everything she wears is made by her and her partner, and she is so proud to show them. I think she said it's because she thought she was leaving that night. Um, it's a spoiled. We both went spoiled. Audience agrees. 25% fresh, 75% spoiled. Next, we have geometric. Look by Roderick, mold by Tiana, hair by style by Harry. I think this concept is absolutely brilliant. Mold, she literally went bad. How smart. I think a simple white dress was right to allow for the focal point to be on the mold. I know we don't like comparing queens, but her beat this week reminds me of Alyssa Edwards. Not a bad thing, just a thing. Gia, you got to find your own face. Um, I know this well, look is simple, but the concept is so, it should be rewarded. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know who she absolutely, no, I agree 100%. I think that this is a fresh, uh, <laughs> when it's a spoiled one. <laughs> However, um, I think that the actual person that Gia fully 100% looks like is uh, the now Portland queen, Miss Nicole Noscopy. I think that they look very much like it. each other. Yeah. Um, the only the, what wows me is the fact that Gia, no matter what, uses her real brows. And have we ever seen a drag race queen do that? I don't think so. I mean, good for I her. I mean, you got nice brows, but geez. Yes. <laughs> Choices, right? Choices. It really, if it really makes your face stay like that, <laughs> you can't play around <laughs> with your. Oh my God, you're so right. And I'm looking at the photo shoot. Like this is such a, the photo shoot of her look right now was, it, it, I don't know. It looks better on stage under fluorescent lights. I agree. Because it really <laughs> pulled out that concept of the mold. Yeah. So Amanda says she was so eager and willing to hit her marks and ask questions. Gia says that it was hard for her to ask questions on set because something, because sometimes asking questions has shame and then we get into this hilarious and shady montage of Gia still talking. I don't know how long she went on for, but it was brilliant. This girl really loves herself. Oh my God. And then when they just ended it with like, <laughs> uh, with Brooke practically rolling her eyes and then says, thanks girl. <laughs> yeah. Like it could have just been a minute long, yeah, but they just the way they edited it was so good. Um, Brad had a fantastic time watching her on the runway. So pretty, fun, and gross. Head to toe, it made his heart warm. Brooklyn says it took her until she got on the run, got to the runway to figure out what it was, and it took Fifi until that moment to understand the pun. So good. I will give this fresh, mostly for concept. It was very simple, but it worked. Mm -hmm. The audience, 54% fresh, 46% spoiled. I think we just have a lot of Gia haters out there. Probably. Next up is Pythia. Look by Pythia. It was a night of a thousand religious looks, but this time in latex. Um, I think she sells a good story here, being a nun that's tempted by the devil. The reveal to the red hands on the new delusion was very campy, yet very sexy. Um, last week was oh. iconic. This is more subdued. The girl's got range, and you gotta gotta praise her for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited to see what she's going to continue to bring through the rest of the season. And just like looking through her like Instagram, she continues to put amazing things that are happening consistently. And a lot of people just kind of like drive and just coast on their drag race looks and like really focus on that. And she's continuing to push through and I'm loving every bit of it. Me too. This is fresh for me. Fresh. Absolutely. Audience, 93% fresh, 7% spoiled. We love this one. Next up, we have Kimora Amore, look by Lulu Creation, jewels by LAG Concepts, hair by Edward Scissorhands. So we have her in a white pre-scarb, and it looks really fancy with the fabric she chose. And then we reveal to a basic leotard and a swinging ponytail that was uninspiring. I don't quite get the good girl gone bad element. I see good girl gone basic club look. Yes, I think that the bad, I, I really did. I think, see, this is where the reveal kind of worked with her. Was the reveal super kind of basic in terms of like the way that it was? Yes. However, the way, the, the way that they kept the hair in and like yeah. they, she opened it, like had uh, Eve had a reveal similar to this, I would have, you know, like been like, okay, cool, work. I think that, ah, uh, yeah, like, 
even to more are kind of like the yin and the yang. Like had they figured each mm-hmm. other's out concepts better, they probably would have been a little bit like it probably would have worked a little bit more. Yeah. I just it was the leotard for me. I was like, ah, this is really basic, but it's yeah, spoiled, God, sadly. Michelle Visage is not on that show because she would have <laughs> right. Yes. But yes, spoiled I agree. Me, spoiled. Spoiled. Audience agrees 45% fresh, 55% spoiled. Next, we have Kendall Gender Look by Evan Clayton. My theory here is that Kendall saw Pathea going first. So she was like, I have a reveal, but hers was better. So let's forget about my nun look. And here's my devil. Oh, fuck. We're still the same. Uh, once again, this is elevated Halloween costume. The Velvet Devil look must feel nice, but it's just basic and uninspiring. And that tail was so thin. It is. And like, we get to a point to where we, I mean, like, look even on their Instagram. <laughs> Pythia has none of Kendall on her Instagram, but Kendall has Pythia <laughs> all over her Instagram with this look. Yeah. And it's so funny. But yeah, like, right next to each other's Pythia's is so much better. And we're still talking about it now, hearkening back to Pythia when we should be talking yep. about Kendall. I mean, I like, agree. this, this. I mean, it's we've also kind of seen this look. Like we've seen um, black and white stripes do something so similar to this, like even here in New York City. And so it's not special anymore. I agree. Brad felt like her performance was a little bit under where it should have been. Brad felt the smallness coming through. Brooklyn said it could have been better. She could have played her bigger and bitchier. She says her look on the runway is nice, but it's just the obvious good girl gone bad. And Pythia did the same thing and it was more interesting. Amanda reminds her she struggled with lines. She tells her going forward, if she has handed a script, she suggests she stick with it unless it's an improv challenge. It's spoiled for me. Sorry, Kendall. I love you, but not not good this week. Yeah, it's a spoil. Audience, 45% fresh, spoiled 55%. Next, we have Adriana, hair by Stefan Scotto de Césaire, look by Pascal Gabriel, platter by Yannick Rockstar, Earrings by Inchu Bijou, Nails by Angles Pop Snails. Easily one of the best looks on Drag Race ever. History. Let's start off Drag with Race history. the head on the tray. It's so elevated and intricate. The cakes and the serving spoons were there. Even the trays have embellishments. The soft rose gold hair paired perfectly with the French style outfit in pink and purple. It's as playful and sexy and really an incredibly memorable look. Wow, I was so happy. Mm-hmm. I think it's also because it's a little bit expected, right? Like a lot of times when they pull out these entertainers, we're like, okay, what are we going to get from it? Like, how are you going to be able to bring us something more? I think that it, this look specifically put Adriana, Adriana in a, in a dark horse category. And Absolutely. It, it's specifically with her. I mean, can we talk about <laughs> like with what happens like it's a full dark horse no one was expecting it especially the workroom i'm really excited to see the untucked next episode because everyone's gonna yeah. be shook everyone's like Fuck. absolutely yeah no this is this is really exciting and like the fact that we have probably back-to-back weeks with two maybe top 50 looks of drag race all time from pathia to adriana in one season back-to-back we we need to be celebrating this season a little more than we are because absolutely um, and we need to celebrate Canada's track race more than we are i agree sadly wild want to do this themselves they're cannibalizing mm-hmm. too much drag race we're literally going to have a week in no- two weeks in november where there are three drag races on the same day that's I fucking can't. terrible oh happy thanksgiving to me i'm gonna watch all of them though <laughs> All right. Brad was delighted and a tiny bit confused, but really entertained. She looked like she was having fun. Amanda said she really leaned into a character and wants to see a show based on her blood and Garuski. She loves the look and says it's one of her favorites of any Drag Race franchise. It's clever, fun, beautiful, complex, and looks like it hurts. Brooklyn says it was maniacal and crazy. Part Brad, part Count Chocula. This look is fresh. I love it. I agree. The look is fresh. And I think that even like even though the wig was kind of shitty for blood, I think that that look was pretty good too. Yeah. Um, 95% fresh, 5% spoiled. You 5%ers, you're wrong. I'm going to call you out eventually. Finally, Wait, we got. What? 
I know, right? I was like, fuck you people. I think it's like one or two people, but come on. Finally, yeah. we got Isis Couture, look by Kiki Ko. I'm not sure what the comic inspiration is, but this is Bad Bunny realness. Yellow is not a color I would associate with bad, but I guess if you know the source material, it would make a little more sense. The way she was wielding that bat, I was scared for my life. And once again, Isis has crafted a really beautiful design look that is nothing like anyone else has. I agree. I agree. I do think that the look is pretty fierce. Um, it's just like, I don't think she understood the assignment. But I agree. I, like, I feel it. I, like, I, yeah, I think especially the, it, it, what confused me the most was when she was talking about it on the runway. I was like, great, explain this to me. And I didn't hear anything about like, she had nothing to do with, like, I didn't get the bunny until someone made a joke about it as she was leaving the stage. And like, I think you just yeah. missed the assignment. Though. I agree. It was a good look. It, so I will give it a fresh, but again, we're really soft fresh. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Audience, 77% fresh, 23% spoiled. So, the results. Isis, Kamara, Pythia, and Suki are safe, leaving Eve, Stephanie, Cynthia, Gia, Kendall, and Adriana as the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? Um, yes, I do agree. Yeah. This one, the, the judging's pretty good in Canada. They're doing a good job so far. Yeah, I agree. And I wish that, like, I like Brooklyn being in control of everything more. Um, yeah. It's a little dis, like, as much as, as much as a lot of, like, the folks that are on the stage, um, I, what's the judge's name that gave the final thing? Amanda? Yes, I think, oh, Amanda Bruegel. Yeah, like, it seems weird seeing a presumably cis white woman, you know, like, give this, the judgment and the final things when it comes to the show it just doesn't feel like it's part of what the franchise is and um like they're very like i think that she has a lot to say and i think there's a lot of great stuff but you know like when it comes from brooklyn the drag queen who's been there it is a lot more like easy to like take and be palatable um it just i think actually uh, amanda is part black um if i'm not mistaken okay i am I apologize. I'm, I did not know that. I, I believe that's the case. I mean, I may be wrong as well. Um, but but then when we have Tracy Melcher there, she definitely is. And but I love um, Tracy Melcher. She's so fun. I love her. She is. It's true. Uh, you yes, you are correct. I did not know that. The more we know. Are you a fan of The Handmaid's Tale? Or, or are you like are um, you one of the people that couldn't watch it because it felt too real? <laughs> See, I fully, I think I need to go back and watch it because I tried watching a season and I just, I didn't fully get taken into it, but. It's, it was hard to watch know. during the Trump times. It's easier to watch now that he's not there. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. We're on an, in Untucked. The safe girls presume that Eve is on top. Isis says at least this time she asked for the role that worked. The tops and bottoms return, and Eve is not howling. She is smiling. Stephanie is the one crying, saying she is in the bottom. They said she was monotone, and Stephanie apparently uh, doesn't know what the word suspicious means. Kendall is in the bottom for sure. They said that she was too understated, which was a choice that she made. She feels like she let herself down, and she's bummed out that she could be lip syncing against Cynthia. Cynthia doesn't want to lip sync against Kendall as it would be a salt to a wound. They have history and it ha- they haven't heard about it, but we'll get to them both later. Eve has asked how her critiques went. Yeah. And says they weren't as glowing as Gia, who was told that she was genius and let me suck your toes. And Eve says hers was a bit more tempered. And Gia's like, give yourself more credit, girl. And Pathia doesn't know why she's complaining. She's not in the bottom. She's just thirsty for camera time. And then we have Adriana who quietly shares that her comments were about being one of the best looks of all time and it works for her and her partner. And Stephanie is thinking she might go home so she cries and feels stupid. She's going to give it her all and will listen for her life. Which means the judges have decided that Adriana is the winner who wins $5,000 gift certificate from Fabricland. Gia, Eve, Kendall are safe. Cynthia and Stephanie are the bottom. I agree. Do you agree? Yes. The song is Fifi Dobson's Ghost. I love the song. This definitely brought me back to the early 2000s. 
Mm-hmm. Um, both girls stretch because they know they're about to go wild. They really get into it, but I think Cynthia had the acting that Stephanie didn't have. She just danced to dance. Yes, and also I do 100% have to say that I think that like the look that Cynthia ended up wearing really worked for the concept and like yeah. everything that went into that whole song. And so Absolutely. it worked for her as opposed to the sexy Dorothy outfit didn't really yeah. do anything for us. Did you think that Cynthia was going to kill Stephanie with her purse when the chain broke? I was like, drag is not a contact sport, but I would love to see it. <laughs> oh my God. Everyone was like so shocked when that happened. I thought she threw it, but if the chain broke, that makes me feel a little she bit broke. better. Yeah. But it was intense. It was an intense moment. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Stephanie is a very visually appealing artist, but not the most visually pleasing performer. Cynthia does those turns. I was dizzy, but in the end, Cynthia is saved. Stephanie is gone. I do think Stephanie leaving early is a bit sad, but I don't think she was up for this challenge. And I don't knowing think what we have she next was up week, for this. It was going to be rough. Ooh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It'll be really interesting to see. And I'm really interested to see how Adriana does, or Adriana, Adriana, Adriana. I'm excited to see how she does this episode. Um, I think this is what's going to kind of put her either in the top or Absolutely. I also died when Stephanie forgot her exit line. Like that's never happened before, but it was a moment. Oh, all right. I got, (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, I, I got some burning questions to wrap this up. What is Stephanie's legacy on Drag Race? The girl who showed her? <laughs> the girl who should have? Should have, would have, I agree. It's Snatch Game. Um, who are you hoping to see the Queens of Canada do? Are you familiar with Canadian pop culture or do you need to do a little brush up? I definitely think I'm going to have to do a little bit of a brush up. I think that, like, I think that any of the, the gals from Vancouver someone needs to do a Justin Bieber. Honestly, like, it would make <laughs> sense. I would love to see... Yeah, it I has think to be like Gia. Gia could do a great... Yeah. Um, I also would love to see someone do a Shania Twain impression. Um, that would be good. Uh, and, uh, like, let's see if somebody tries to do another Celine Dion impression. And better than Brooklyn! Crashes. Yeah, better yeah. than Brooklyn. I don't well, know. It would be really interesting to see. Yeah. My crush, Connor Jepson, Jessup, is on next week. Can we start a campaign to get him to date me? Uh, I, we can try. If you haven't watched Lock and Key, it's a really good show on Netflix, and he's really cute in it. Um, but I ask this question every week. After three episodes, the winner of the season is? <sighs> After three episodes, the winner of this season is going to be Pythia. All right. I think it's a very, very solid choice. I think Pythia definitely has it. Um, for me, winter edit is leaning a little toward Kendall just because of the storyline, but I think there's a lot of time for Pythia to share her story. And as I'm looking back, like Kendall's got to really get her looks together because a lot of them are kind of really basic. Yep. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you got coming up? Great question. You can find me on social media on Instagram at Xenon TV. It's Z-E-N-O-N-T-E-A-V-E-E. And my Venmo is Tip Xenon. That's Tip Xenon. And I am a girl of the 21st century, of course. Uh, You can also find me every Monday at Rebar in Chelsea. It is Broadway Bingo. We have a really, really fun time. And of course, coming up this month in November, I am doing a queer takeover on Sundays with Andy Radio, and we are doing Fruit Basket, which is going to be a comedy open mic and a comedy drag. So uh, we have a lot of great guests coming up. We have Richard uh, that's going to be performing. We also have on this Sunday, we have... Uh, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I can't believe I'm doing this. Juicy Lou. Uh, and then Yay! on the 21st, we even have Erica Clash. So we have an awesome lineup happening and I'm very excited about it. Um, and I have a wonderful, wonderful show called Queer Old Opry that just finished its Brooklyn run. And then coming up on December 15th at Caveat, you will be able to see it again. That's amazing. Well, thank you for coming on. We'll do this again soon. Yes, I would love to.
The biggest thanks to Xenon for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterinthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>